An interview has gone viral, causing the likes of many involved in the entertainment community to comment on the recent allegations and statements made by comedian Cat Williams when he sat down with Shannon Sharp and claimed that powerful people in Hollywood have tried to get men in women's dresses, as many have actually obliged in doing so, and according to him, sold their souls in the process. Stay with us as we look at these and other stories on the 511 News. Welcome back to the 511 News. I'm your host, Chad Davidson of Good Fight Ministries. And on today's episode, we're going to be talking about the viral interview of none other than Cat Williams on the Shea Shea Room. That is ex-NFL Hall of Famer, I guess current Hall of Famer, but ex-NFL player Shannon Sharp as they sat down and talked about a lot of different topics, some of which that pertain uh, to the uh, somewhat Christian community, as well as a lot of the stuff that is going on uh, behind the scenes, supposedly, uh, according to Cat Williams, when it comes to some of these Hollywood executives and what they are trying to push on many of those in the black community. But before we get into that, we would love if you could like this video and subscribe to the Good Fight Ministries YouTube channel, as well as if you're listening to this via podcast, make sure to leave a five-star review if you feel so led, and that all of that, everything we're saying right now, that's just to get these messages out there so we can warn people, expose the unfruitful works of darkness so that Christ can arise and shine in people's hearts when these wicked things are exposed and the gospel is proclaimed. So, Let's get right into it. Cat Williams has said kind of this stuff for a while, and we'll get into other comedians and other actors who have said very similar things, but he's been the most outgoing. Now, he's one that will typically talk about the Illuminati, and uh, that gets people to kind of push a lot of what he's saying to the side, but he will also talk about things that apparently there are a lot of receipts for, and one of those things is the fact that so often in the Hollywood scene, when they take comedians or black actors or just masculine actors, you could see the movie Birdcage doing the exact same thing with both Patrick Swayze and Wesley Snipes, or you could see uh, Robin Williams dressed up as Mrs. Doubtfire and so forth. And when you look at these things, it does seem that over and over again, they have been trying to get men to cross-dress. Martin tried to put me in my first dress. When he had to go on his hiatus, he tell me, Cat, when I come back, I need you. You my young partner. You my brother in comedy. When I come back, just promise me that my next movie, it'll be me and you. We're going to do it together. We're going to do some buddy cop. I said, Martin, you got my mother word. Go do what you got to do. When you come back, I'm in your movie. Don't trip. I don't need to see the script or nothing. You know, we get in that office and this fool pull out Big Mama's house, too. I almost died. And I gotta read this script from all these good white people. Where this want me to get in a dress with him. And I'm literally saying to everybody, why is he in a dress again? Show. Not even our show, your show. Well, 
Yes, you will start off a mere boy in a dress. But by the time we are done with this crusade, your Auntie Vita and your Auntie Noxie will give you the outrageous outlook and indomitable spirit that it will take to make you a full-fledged drag queen. Princess You listen Chichi. to me. That may be all fine and dandy, but you still have a lot more to learn before you become a full-fledged queen, my dear. Oh, can I just say it? Princess is so much younger than queen. Does everything have to be a joke with you? This is not a masquerade. I'd like you to meet the host of your new show. Host? Euphigenia Doubtfire, dear. I specialize in the education and entertainment of children. Surprise! And when it comes to Cat Williams, obviously exposing a lot of this stuff going on in Hollywood, one of the other things is that he said a lot of people came out against him because he had come out against guys like Michael Jackson and guys like R. Kelly for some of the behavior that they were involved in, and people were like, you shouldn't be doing that. They're one of your brothers. And he actually had an interesting take, and I actually agree with what he's saying here. I came in this business saying I was going to expose. When I talked about Michael Jackson, when I talked about R. Kelly, they canceled me for these things because why would you talk about another black dude? Race is not where the line is drawn. It's God's side and the other side. And we don't care nothing about the other side, period, period. All of these uh, big dick deviants is all catching hell in 2024. It's up for all of them. It don't matter if you Diddy or whoever you is, T.G. Jakes, any of them, the, every, all lies will be exposed. That's all. And, and, and anyone who takes that the wrong way know why they take it the wrong way. The truth is the light. Now, I must point out that I don't think that you can see the fruit. I mean, even if you look at that interview, he's drinking. He's saying I'm not that buzzed during it and, and so forth. But I'm not saying that Cat Williams is a blood-bought believer. I think that he probably is battling with a lot of different things. And ultimately, he needs to come to Christ. I've heard him blaspheme God's name uh, and like a lot in some of his shows. The stuff he talks about, the things he says, are not the fruit of somebody who loves and knows Jesus Christ. So please pray for him that he would come to know Jesus Christ, as well as anyone that he exposed, whether they were, they were truthful statements or false statements, whatever. Uh, we want all of these people to come to Christ regardless. And I say all that because he mentioned, if you guys heard one of the names he drops there, is none other than T.D. Jakes. And one of the things that has gone viral recently is a lot of people are pointing out the friendship that T.D. Jakes has with rapper P. Diddy. And um, one of P. Diddy's former partners in music, Mace, has come out against him, come out against T.D. Jakes, and so forth. And it's kind of crazy because people had pointed out some of some kind of weird, interesting things with T.D. Jakes. Now, T.D. Jakes is a modalist, a prosperity gospel preacher, which means he's not preaching the true gospel of Jesus Christ, and he does need to repent, and he's discipled people like Stephen Furtick and Tyler Perry and others. But his name was dropped there, and that was really interesting. So much so that um, on his Christmas Eve service, T.D. Jakes actually had to give an answer for some of the partying he's done, so to speak. Yeah, and I'm talking about stuff that is admitted to partying and whether or not he's doing some very strange and devious things. But there was this video that also went viral that somebody had shot uh, at the T.D. Jake show. And I'm just going to be honest with you. 
I'm uncomfortable watching it. This is pretty weird that a man would have another man dancing him, dancing in front of him provocatively, provocatively like this and moving and gyrating his leg. You guys have to see it. Now, T.D. Jakes has come out ever since then and has expressed, oh, you know, it's not that big a deal or it's not true. I don't even need the blood of Jesus to cover this because I didn't really do it. But he actually made a statement during the service answering the allegations that have been made against him. And the statement itself was quite weird. And I and I hope that none of it is true. I'm just being honest with you because this is this is some gross stuff that he's being accused of. But it's the way he answered that was quite interesting. The worst that could happen if, 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 if everything was true, all I got to do is repent sincerely from my heart. There's enough power in the blood to cover all kinds of sins. I don't care what it is, the blood would fix it. But I ain't got to repent about this. All I got to do is step over top of it and keep on going on. Now, some people have heard that and one thought it was really weird that he would say, even if it was true, I could just repent right now and, and everything would just be washed away. Can it be true that if you repent, have a change of heart, which leads to a change of action, especially towards sin, toward away from sin and towards Christ, um, that you will actually have forgiveness? Yes, absolutely. But 2 Corinthians chapter 7 talks about uh, a, sorrow, a sorrow that is not the sorrow from God that does not lead to true repentance. And we want to make sure that the sorrow that we feel is a sorrow that leads to true repentance, where we have a heart change and not even simply an outward action change. The outward action is a benefit of your heart changing towards those things that are sin and the sanctification process. And a lot of people were actually pretty disgusted by the way that he answered this, especially considering what Titus says about the overseer. What When we read Titus chapter 1 about the overseer, a lot of people pointed out, wait a second, this is not what scripture actually says. If this was true in any way, you would not just need to repent. You would need to step down. You are no longer above reproach. And basketball commentator Chris Broussard actually made a video and said this. That's offensive that you get up there claiming to know the word of God and say that's all you got to do is repent. As if we can just all live as unholy and unrighteous as we want and just repent. That's abusing the grace of God. And if the grace of God is nothing to play with. Now we're going to bring on Pastor Joe a little later to talk about the license of immorality that T.D. Jakes is seemingly giving to his audience as he is teaching them from the pulpit. But Cat Williams, as although this interview has gone viral, he's not the first one, uh, even in the comedic community, to warn about this. In fact, we talked about this on a previous episode on our old channel a couple of years ago, and a lot of people have said, hey, Dave Chappelle actually fell for this as well. You can actually see there's roles where he, quote unquote, put on the dress, so to speak. But Dave Chappelle did warn after that, I believe, uh, because this was taking place in Robin Hood Men in Tights where he had put on the dress, so to speak. And now he was warning on Oprah 
about this, and it's kind of interesting. It looks like people are uncomfortable with this interview, but but watch this and, and watch him warn about how they always try to push this stuff and how awkward it gets when Hollywood execs try to pressure men into wearing women's dresses. I mean, I'm a conspiracy theorist to a degree. Like when I, I connect dots that maybe shouldn't be connected, I don't know, but certain dots, like when I see that they put every black man in the movies in a dress, at some point in their career, I'll be connecting them down. Like, why all these brothers got to wear a dress? That's happened to me. I'm doing a movie with Martin. Yeah. The movie's going good. So I walk in a trailer. I'm like, man, this must be the wrong trailer because there's a dress in here. <laughs> they come in. It's the writer comes in. I think he's the writer. He's like, Dave, listen, we got this hilarious scene where Martin's sneaking out of jail. So he disguises you as a prostitute <laughs> and he put this dress on and it, huh what a prostitute no nah, i'm not doing that i don't feel comfortable with it that should have been in a discussion what you don't feel comfortable with it i mean it's a hilarious bit all the greats have done it so well if all the greats have done it it's kind of hacky right you're right so why don't we just not do it because i don't feel comfortable wearing a dress oh come on dave listen we, we got it all set up we we're supposed to shoot Every, every minute you waste costs this much money. You know, the pressure comes in. Huh. He said, I'm, now I'm not wearing no dress, man. I'm funnier than a dress. Just give me something funny to say. I don't need to wear no dress to be funny. What am I, Milton Berle? You know, we're going like this. And then finally he's like, ah, and he, he leaves. And then like the director comes, Dave, it really would be great if he wear the dress. What is wrong? What is this, a uh, broke back mountain in here? So, <laughs> so then, <laughs> and where the, wear the dress. I don't want to wear the dress. I want to wear this dress. You know what I mean? This is, oh, gosh. This guy's so difficult. They leave. Now the producers comes. Come on, David. would be so great. I mean, and then I started thinking about it. All the comics that I've seen, you know, strong brothers, why, why are they putting us in these dresses? But the minute it was clear, I was adamant, I'm not wearing a dress. I'm not wearing the dress. All right. Fine. Think of something else. That comes back 10 minutes later. The whole new scene, how, how did you write the scene so fast? <laughs> you know, it's like, so you got to take a stand. And it seems like a lot of people, as mentioned in the title, have obliged to this and have put on the dress, so to speak. And interestingly enough, Brandon T. Jackson did an interview uh, where he talked about Cat Williams warned him and Kat actually mentions Brandon specifically about Big Mama House, Big Mama's House 2 and the fact that they wanted him to wear a dress after Martin Lawrence had promised him a, a movie role together as a cop duo, not realizing it was to dress up as a woman. And he wasn't down for that. And he warned Brandon T. Jackson, who actually took the role, don't put on the dress. And this is what Brandon said. Uh, you mentioned the dress. Big conversation yeah. about that. Did you get like slack when you wore the dress at that moment? It was like wasn't slack from people. Only Cat Williams. Cat Williams was trying to always say, Brandon, Brandon, don't wear a dress. <laughs> you know, he called you or is this? No, he was saying in the media, so I thought he was heckling me. He was really trying to help me at the time. I didn't know that. I was immature. Right. I feel like, dang, why I'm trying to uh, trying to make it. Why are you bashing me? And then he was trying to warn me, you know, don't get in the dress. So, the awakened brand, and you couldn't pay him a trillion dollars to get in the dress. Yeah. Was there, like, um, 
how did they present that? Well, you knew right away you had to get in the draft. I did this. I did the scene on lottery ticket. Okay. That scene on lottery ticket. After that, they were pushing his dress on me. It was something about that scene that touched a lot of people, and I thought I think I was too real. I think they did the same thing like to Tupac. When they you too real, they start looking at you like, hold on, how this slip past us? Who's this guy? You know what I mean? And then it's like. You know what? Yeah, he might be a kid. Just put him in a dress. And now a lot of people believe this is somewhat of a power move to have this over them. And I don't think people realize that a lot of these things, the sexualized nature of this, uh, so many, not only when it comes to dressing up, and it's an abomination. According to Deuteronomy 22.5, according to God's word, it is an abomination for a man to dress like a woman or a woman to dress like a man. And so this is a disgusting display. It's gross, and it's very interesting that they're trying to get people to do this. But it goes further than that, than just putting on the dress, which is bad enough as it is because it's an abomination. But even Terry Crews has spoke out against powerful Hollywood executives, specifically one talent agent, that actually tried to, at a party, sexually assault him, and he's actually made a campaign against the things that happened to him. Terry Crews, the former NFL linebacker turned actor, adding his voice to the tidal wave of people sharing their claims of sexual assault in Hollywood. And people say, wow, man, you should just laugh it off, you should just forget it. You know, no, I'm not gonna forget it. Cruz is known for his comedic macho roles on the hit TV show Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I just happen to be a great person who's naturally beloved by all. But he says his tough guy persona didn't prevent him from becoming the victim of a powerful man. I was sexually assaulted by Adam Bennett, who was the head of the motion picture department at William Morris Endeavor. In February of 2016, Cruz says he and the Hollywood super agent Adam Bennett were at the same party. Bennett has represented some of Hollywood's biggest names, Liam Hemsworth, Emma Stone, Sylvester Stallone, Eddie Murphy, and Adam Sandler. You're talking about a very, very powerful man who has access to studio heads. What they do affects every part of the business, from producers, writers, mm -hmm. actors, uh, they own finance companies, the whole thing. And well. did you know him before the party? And I did not know him. I heard of him. We had never, ever even had a conversation, okay? So I just heard, uh, and actually, I was actually looking forward to meeting him. But instead of a professional meet and greet, Cruz claims Bennett leered at him from across the room. And he looked me in my eyes, and he was sticking his tongue out overtly sexually to me, I mean, it was no mistake that this was a, a, a sexual type tongue move. And I'm going, and I'm thinking it's a joke. I'm thinking, is this how this guy breaks the ice? I don't understand what this is. Confused, Cruz said he reached out to shake his hand. I reached my hand out and he, he takes his right hand and under mine and immediately squeezes, grabs my and just, and I'm jumping back like, hey, hey, mm -hmm. whoa. And he go and he still and he jumps back and he still does this tongue stuff, and he's making weird noises and then he comes back again, and grabs me again and I, I slap his hand away, push him back more forcefully, and I'm like, what are you doing? According to Cruz, the alleged groping happened in front of his wife Rebecca King Cruz. She confirmed her husband's account to ABC News. And while that honestly with 
depraved people with the things that are coming out of Hollywood, it should become as no surprise. But one of the things that's sad, and you might have heard this name mentioned earlier, especially when it comes to T.D. Jakes, but um, is some pastors have even spoken out about the fact that Tyler Perry has been used to bring the trans agenda right into the church via comedy through him dressing up like a woman. Tyler Perry fooled the whole black community. He got us to do what RuPaul couldn't get us to do. He got us to do what no one else, and he came up with an ingenious way to do it. He, he and he alone got black folk to accept drag. And you know how he did it? He did it through laughter, through humor. He got us to accept drag queens. That's all Madea is, is a drag queen. So, and you know what he did? He went to churches. He went to churches. Went to a place where he could go where you could almost guarantee folk ain't gonna be thinking. They won't reason. They won't nobody say, wait a minute. This man can't find an overweight black woman to play that part. You can't find a fat sister in the black church. You got to pretend to be her. You can look at it. You can, I mean, you can blind, blindfold yourself and look in any direction and find a Madea. But through laughter, we let our guard down and made him a billionaire. And through the devil learning how to manipulate our emotions and make us feel something, and we're beginning to put our color ahead of our religion. Satan is trying to creep in that way. And I think this is the most important thing because we need to realize this is a spiritual battle going on. And not only Cat Williams, but Brandon Jackson, who we mentioned earlier, both of them mentioned, and specifically Brandon said, this thing brought a curse upon his life when he actually went out and did it. And when you listen to Cat talking about it, whether saved or not, I think he recognized the same thing that we want to point out. This isn't simply just, oh, well, they're going to put on a dress. So it'll be really funny. This is actually something spiritual going on, and ultimately, it's demonic. Recent controversy online, I know you don't spend all your time online, about uh, Kevin Hart mm -hmm. uh, wearing a dress in the SNL skit. And Dave Chappelle spoke about that as a comedian. Black actors are always, you know, being asked to wear dresses. Have you ran into that? And what do you think about that whole Illuminati theory that people put out there about that? Well, you <laughs> <laughs> thanks for that softball question. Uh, it, it's two answers. First of all, let's be very, very clear. It is possible that there isn't anything funnier than a guy in a dress. And if that's the case, then it might also be said that there's nothing funnier than a black guy in a dress. Okay, well, I watched all of my friends throughout my entire life be able to dunk a basketball, but not me. So everybody can't do everything. So, you know, some of us make choices. I think it's not a biggest choice um, for others. I'm saying um, at the end of the day, Kevin doesn't have to worry about 
what people are going to say about him wearing a dress because of the long line of dress wearing people before him. <laughs> so now we have Big Mama's house one, two, and three. Yeah. I've never seen Medea in a pantsuit. I think she wears dresses. <laughs> so now I'm saying, why are we picking old poor little Kevin Hart? Because it was his turn next. Okay. Some of us are against the Illuminati, and we are against the Illuminati at our own detriment. Mm. When people are against the Illuminati, then they get punched in the face all the time. The press hates them, and nobody likes them. End quote. I mean, we all love Dave Chappelle. Exactly. Dave Chappelle has never been a part of the Illuminati. They don't want him or me or people like us. Yeah. Um, but now, it's not... Uh, necessary for us to store up that hornet's nest unless we intend to get stung a million times. I didn't understand that. They had to sting me a million times. I'm still not going to join, but I respect it a little more. What do you think the dress is about? Is it to, to tone us down, to tone that realness down? Is I think to... the dress, personally, uh, is a thing that was, 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 is not in our culture to do. And I think everybody will want to put their culture on us. And no, not to hate your culture or your God. Mm-hmm. If your God say you can put on a dress and your culture is normal for you, that you have the right as a human to choose that. But me, for my God and my culture, my ancient culture, we just never, we didn't do stuff like that. Yeah. So I was cursed by it. I believe it was a curse that went with that personally because nothing went right since then. That's truthful. No one can tell me, hey, man, you think it too much, man. You see that, man? Everything went wrong. Just like everything went right. Everything went wrong when I put on that dress. You know, for me, I can only speak from my journey. Once I put the dress on and I had that fire, that fire was put out. Yeah. And I only did it one time. So imagine doing it three times, four times. But then Tyler Perry did it. He got stronger. I don't know the rules. You know what I'm saying? I'm not, this is what happened to me. I'm not here to knock another brother because that's their path. Yeah. That's one thing I don't do is knock my brothers. Because that's their path. But I'm saying my path, when I put on a dress, it came with a, 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 a demon baby mama and a starter kit for, for hell. That's what happened to me. You haven't seen me since, to be honest. But then I, 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 I feel stronger, though. Would you, like, warn other stand-up comedians about a dress? Yeah, I had an interview, too, where I, 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 would, do it, I would do it eloquently and say I wouldn't wear the dress if... You're chosen, you know, some people can wear the dress, it doesn't affect them, but, you know, um, I don't know, for me it didn't work, so I can say I wouldn't, I wouldn't advise anybody to do it, just who wants to roll that dice. Yeah, and as you look back on it now, you nah. kind of would never. If I had a time machine, you know, we was with Marty McFly, I would go back, you know, and punch myself in the chest. And now you've heard now from Brandon Jackson, Cat Williams, there are a number of different uh, people who have talked about this subject or subjects very similar uh, that have to do with the feminizing. And some of these guys are not even believers. Many of them are not even believers that are recognizing this is a spiritual reality that is there's something more. There's something nefarious. There's something evil going on. And so to talk a little further on this and specifically that. What is it, Pastor Joe of Blessed Hope Chapel and obviously Good Fight Ministries, what is it that 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 causes this spiritual reality that we are seeing of the feminization of men? Yeah, uh, I think uh, sharing an insight from history 
and the occult and the powers of darkness uh, will really lend to an understanding of what's going on here. Chad, you and I know, and much of our audience knows, uh, that there's a spiritual war. And uh, the corruption of humanity is something that the Bible prophesies, lawlessness increasing, Jesus said. People become incredibly wicked, as in the days of Noah, sexual perversion. But the scriptures talk about the rulers of the darkness of this world, that there's actually, it goes beyond humans manipulating each other, which obviously happens to a degree. To what degree exactly, we don't know what's true, what's not, as far as how far this actually goes. But we do know this, the Bible talks about the rulers of the darkness world, uh, spiritual wickedness in high places. Uh, So it's imperative that we understand, if you look back in history, when you're talking about prominent entertainers, you know, whether it's in the uh, sports world, whether it's uh, comedians, whether it's musicians, uh, influencing the masses with, with sexual perversion and just drawing people into this web, there's a spiritual connection. When you go back to ancient, you know, shamans, uh, witch doctors, uh, I think this is very, very important because, Chad, when I did some deep dives into looking at ancient shamans, witch doctors, and so forth, I was fascinated by like, whoa, this is amazing. Uh, because what you would see is you'd have tribes who would have moral taboos. They'd have, uh, you know, moral scruples and sentiments against homosexuality, against men being with children. Uh, these things were off limits to ancient tribes and so forth. But guess what? The shamans, who were people of men of low character often, uh, possessed by demons, uh, they would con- and, and that's part of shamanism, allowing yourself to be taken over by a loa, a spirit entity. Uh, and oftentimes they'd acknowledge they were demonic entities that were possessing them, but that the shamans would say, well, I'm taking the demonic entities from the tribe and taking them upon myself and so forth. But the shamans oftentimes, disproportionately, would dress up like women, would prefer perverse sex, would dress up uh, in women's clothing and so forth. But because they were shamans and they were spiritual leaders and they were considered so talented, it became acceptable. And of course, that would wear down the morals of the tribe. I really love that insight that you gave on the shamans. I think that's really important for people to understand because it is a spiritual reality that we're dealing with here. We're wrestling not against flesh and blood. And when you see that, wow, that is really, really interesting when you see all this going on and and them pushing it. And I always wondered, you know, just growing up when it came to movies, they would always have like the the, the wise man and, and stuff that they would go to get wisdom from and all these movies and the shamans, right? Yeah. That they would go to as if there was some wisdom yeah. in what they were doing. And then you find out the disgusting behavior. Same thing, you know, the Aztecs. Where can we find out how people who, you know, have human, do human sacrifice? Yeah. Where can we, how can we get some wisdom Shop about the future from them? Give me a break. Yeah. So, just really good insight. Thank you for that because I, I think that is going to help out a lot of people to understand why this is being pushed so hard because it's demonic. It goes against God's creative order, the fact that we're made in the image of God. And, right. and so God has created them, as Jesus said, as, as he quotes from Genesis, male and female. And that males are not to put on the clo- women uh, women's clothes and women are to put on men's clothes. That's also in the scripture. An abomination, Deuteronomy 22.5. Yeah. Okay, and so the last uh, question that I, I really wanted to ask you, especially as a pastor, and you know, we're at Blessed Hope Chapel, we have a plurality of elders, and when we look at it and we see this and you watch somebody like T.D. Jakes, whether or not, first of all, the gyrating of a flamboyantly looking gay man dancing in front of him while he's sitting there, you know, to Beyonce songs, already that's a problem. Partying with P. Diddy, that's a problem, all that. So that's the stuff that we know about, right? All of these allegations, when he comes to answer the allegations, and I love, you know, as we quoted Chris Roussard earlier, I love that he came out against it because 
this idea of this greasy grace that he is talking about doesn't seem to be the same that we find in the Bible. So when you hear T.D. Jakes say something like that to his congregation, Christmas Eve, right? He's he's expressing to his congregation, oh, this stuff's not true and all that. But even if it was true, I just got to repent and everything's all good. We can just brush it under the table. Even if it was all true, is that the sort of advice that we should be giving from a pulpit as a pastor? Yeah, so it's one thing to acknowledge that we all fall short of God's glory uh, and and that we can repent and get right with Jesus and we need to if we fall. It's another thing to use it as a license, you know? Uh, you and I have, we have a, one of our pastors out right now visiting another Blessed Hope Chapel uh, in Costa Rica. And he was taught before he truly surrendered to the Lord and started, he, he started heavily into our teaching after he repented and praise God was discipled through that teaching. But he was taught what he called the bounce doctrine. And he said there was a guy teaching that once you're saved, you're always saved. So he would take him to nightclubs and those he was discipling, he'd say, you can have the women, you can get drunk. Just make sure you ask for forgiveness when you're done tonight, you know? And he said, he called, he said they called it the bounce doctor. You just bounce back. And this is when you're now using the grace of God as a license for morality. And this is a perversion of the grace of God. And we see in Romans chapter six, verse one, Paul says, should we continue in sin that grace may abound? And if he says, may it, it never, never be, be. Yeah. you know? But probably the most scathing warning is an entire book, Second Peter, uh, which we both love a lot, and Jude. Entire books are written against these grace changers, false teachers in the end of days. Uh, like T.D. Jakes is implying there that you could just go out and be involved in wicked perversion. If I was doing that, hey, I just repent later. Jude warns, that we as Christians are to earnestly contend for the faith which was once for all delivered to the saints. For he says, certain persons have crept in unaware or turning the grace of God, that's the finished work of Christ, what he did for us on the cross, that blessed sacrifice to save us, they're turning the grace of God into a license for immorality. The Bible says that the true grace of God, Peter talks about this is the true grace of God by which you stand. He's talking in, this is in 1 Peter chapter 5, verses around 12 and 13. After he says that God gives grace to the humble, but he resists the proud. It's conditional. If you humble yourself, God will have grace upon you. If you resist uh, God it, it, through pride and arrogance and do your own thing, he will resist you. Peter says, this is the true grace of God. Stand fast in it. I mean, it's conditional. And I think, you know, uh, it's imperative that we understand that Paul said in Titus chapter 2, verses 11 and 12, that he's talking about the grace of God teaches us, this is the true grace of God, teaches us to deny ungodliness. That's what God's grace really teaches us. Not that we can do what we will, but to not deny ungodliness and live soberly and righteously in this present world. So that's that's key. And it's important that everybody here, uh, Chad, I'm glad we're dealing with this topic. And the clips, you know, uh, that, that have been shown are just mind-boggling. This, this is a real spiritual war. But you have to make sure as a, as a Christian, you're not conformed to the world. And, but being transformed by the renewing of your mind. But you also need to make sure as a, as a non-believer, if you don't know Christ, man, that you come to Christ and that you repent of your sins and that you don't just follow this broad road, which Jesus said leads to destruction, but that you repent and you turn to Christ because he loves you. He died for you. He paid for your sins. He rose again and conquered, the, conquered death, man. If you turn to him, the Bible teaches that you will have, Jesus teaches that you'll have eternal life, but you must be sincere about your faith and you must turn to him with all of your heart, in Jesus' name. Amen. This has been Pastor Joe Schimmel and Chad Davidson. This is the 511 News.